thing on. What is up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of The Cut. I am your host, Christian Williams, and I am here with Randy Hall. Randy, how are you, man? Doing pretty good, man. Uh, it seems like Ohio is about to get hit with an enormous storm, so I might not have to work this week. But I also have, like, two interviews this weekend. <laughs> it's, a, it's a weird weekend. I, I don't know what's going on anymore. Yeah, if all the, of our listeners could wish Randy some good luck in his interviews, um, just at our hall NFL. Um, but yeah, you're right. Ohio's about to get blasted with some snow, but it's supposed to be 50 degrees tomorrow, so I'm excited about that. So, um, All right, we're here to talk about a lot of things tonight. We're going to talk through some of the NFL news, including the hiring cycle. We're also going to talk through some of the Shrine Bowl updates, the East-West Shrine Bowl and then we are also going to give a Senior Bowl preview. Now, I mentioned on Friday, I believe, but if you didn't catch that, I have virtual access to the Senior Bowl. I was not able to go due to having COVID and just scheduling issues, so I did get the virtual access, so we'll see. I, I'll be a little bit delayed compared to some of the people who are actually out there on the field with some of the takes, but um, I'm excited to, to hopefully bring some some good takes to to the table for for the senior bowl so but i mean that's up to you guys can judge if they're good or not i don't know <laughs> i mean i'm just hoping to bring takes i guess but yeah. um but we're gonna go through every position and kind of talk through what to look for there but first let's talk through the nfl news so the championship games happen over the weekend and what we thought maybe like a, a downer after the incredible divisional round turned into two phenomenal football games. The Bengals obviously beat the Chiefs and the Rams defeated the 49ers. Both the Chiefs and 49ers, in my opinion, lost the games. I, I wouldn't say that either the Bengals nor the Rams uh, really won the games because uh, of certain things that happened, but I'll give them credit. They, they deserve to be there. Randy. Question, the only question that we have is, is Joe Burrow the best quarterback in the Super Bowl? <laughs> no. <laughs> Plain and simple. Doesn't, I mean, like, Stafford's uh, an elite quarterback. He's top end. Plain and simple. Burrow's playing very, very well. But they've also, honestly, they've just struggled in this playoff. Like, against Raiders and a couple other times where they just really couldn't get it done at different times. Um, and, you know, like, Again, they won. Props to them. I'm not taking any pot shots here. It's just <laughs> Stafford's better, plain and simple. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people um, kind of forget that Joe Burrow was was making some terrible reads out there on on Sunday. There were certain plays that I thought, oh yeah, the Chiefs are going to end this right now because that's going to be an interception. Um, but 
he he got it done. He scrambled. He he had some escapability in there, and he got that one first down, and that was cool. So uh, good for the Bengals. I'm excited <laughs> for the state of Kentucky. <laughs> he got a lot of first downs, but I'm excited for the state of Kentucky. You did well in getting your Bengals to the Super Bowl, and uh, that's all I have to say. Do you have any any takeaways from the championship games? Uh yeah, I mean it was just uh honestly it's more props to uh the Cincinnati defense and their DC kind of changing their tactics in the second half and really completely adjusting what they were doing on defense and really just taking away what was working for the Chiefs offense. So props to them on that. They're gonna need to do a very similar thing this week <laughs> or two weeks from now. Yeah. Uh and uh, honestly it it should be a really, really good game. Um both offenses have struggled at times in this postseason and in regular season. And both defenses have been good and bad as well. So we'll, we'll really see. Hopefully we get just the best for both uh, teams and we don't get kind of like a repeat of the uh, Patriots and Rams Super Bowl where the Rams offense was just non-existent. So the Patriots just didn't try on offense, it felt like. They just ran the ball and basically need it for three quarters so let's let's hope we get a little bit more of an explosive exciting game than that which both these teams can really do yeah yeah they could or it could be a defensive battle and uh while you know we appreciate good defense i don't really love bad offense though uh, unless it's created from good defense so hopefully we get a nice super bowl i'm excited for it uh pro bowl this week is that correct is that a thing Uh, I believe so. I, I'm not watching it, but yeah, who cares? Yeah, the NFL really needs to fix their all-star game. But uh, all right, let's move on to the hiring cycle. So a lot of uh, coaches have been hired since our last episode. We're just gonna kind of well, a lot of GMs too. So we're just gonna kind of walk through all of that. Um, first one that we'll talk about is the Chicago Bears. They had their press conference today. Ryan Poles was hired as the general manager. Matt Eberflus was hired as the head coach, and then they brought over Luke Getze from the Green Bay Packers to run the offense. Uh, My main takeaway from their press conference today was that Ryan Poles was super, super nervous, and and, um, you know he he wasn't speaking very well, but I I think he's got a good football mind. You know, Nick Sirianni got killed for how bad his press conference was, and then he led the Eagles to the playoffs. Um, So I, I think maybe holding off some judgment based on the, the press conference would be a good idea. Matt Eberflus comes in and just immediately commands the room, lays out his philosophy, kind of no bull crap type of guy. I think it was really good. And then Luke Getze, we didn't, I don't think we talked about this, but uh, he's a disciple from the uh, Shanahan tree, I want to say, technically, because under LaFleur, I don't know what tree he's actually from. <laughs> Uh, there's so many different trees, but either way, uh, Getsy brings a lot of fun things. He likes to incorporate uh, college schemes and RPOs, and uh, I, I think it's going to be good for Justin Fields. Do you have any thoughts on the Chicago Bears hirings? Oh, sorry, fight through yawn there. Um, <laughs> it's, it's the Bears. Sorry. Uh, no, I was kidding. Uh, I, I think they're pretty good hirings. It's not necessarily the there's like an, a great offensive mind that a lot of a lot of us wanted for like Justin Fields and Montgomery and Mooney's and I guess Komet as well d- development in the future. But I think you got a good, uh, I, you know, 
time will tell on the GM, in my opinion, but I think you get a good like team builder kind of head coach and the offensive coordinator should be able to utilize a lot of fields of strengths, but he was never really an RPO quarterback. So hopefully we can get at least maybe at worst a, a little bit more explosive version of like the Dolphins offense this year. I think that's like my worst case hope for the Bears, uh, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, I, I think I think Iberflus being a culture guy, he said that he's not calling defensive plays. I think that's good. He's just going to be like the CEO type of guy. Uh, I'm excited to see what they can do. They brought Justin Fields to the press conference and had him speak. And basically he said, yeah, I'm glad we're starting clean. Like, yeah, that sucked. I can't believe I went through that the first year, but it was good that he was there and they showed confidence in their young quarterback. So I'm excited as a Justin Fields fan. Uh, Next team, uh, Denver. Denver hired Nathaniel Hackett. We may have touched on this one last week because this was the first hire, I believe. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett is the offensive coordinator for the, or what was the offensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers widely regarded. He was taking a ton of interviews and and Denver kind of pounced early. I think this is tied to the quarterback though. I think they need to fix the quarterback and that's the main thing, right? Yeah. And the, the move is rumored tied to Rogers possibly coming to Denver. I, you know, there's, there's still to be seen in the uh, validity of that, but yeah, it doesn't have to be Rodgers for this team to be successful, in my opinion. I think that puts him at like a different echelon, obviously, but yeah. they're really just a little bit like a more explosive Teddy away from being a real playoff team. Yeah. Yeah. If they swing and miss on all the like big name quarterbacks i think a marcus mariota makes some sense i think taking a shot on mitch trubisky makes some sense those are two names that you don't think of when you think of how this free agent class is going to shape up with but with a, a weak quarterback class that we're going to talk about during the senior bowl preview um I, I think mariota and trubisky will get some more looks than you would expect yeah um We'll see. I don't right. know that they're good fits for this offense, though. So. No, I, I think for both of us, out of those options, we would rather just get a full, another full year of uh, a Drew Locke and see some development there, maybe out of yeah. Bridgewater, Locke, Mariota, Trubisky, in my opinion. Um, but there, I mean, Jimmy G is probably going to be available. There's a chance for Kirk Cousins. There's, you know, the, the list goes Baker on. Mayfield. Doubt it. Uh, but yeah, me too. And I and I doubt Derek Carr at this point now, and you know, so yeah. Hey, that's a good transition. So the the Las Vegas Raiders hired. Those don't come their, free. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> they hired their uh, general manager in Dave Ziegler, and then their head coach in Josh McDaniels. So I think that a retread head coach. Um, that, that didn't have much success. I, I don't know how to feel about this, man. How do you feel as a Raiders fan? Uh, I, I, I like the hires. Um, okay. It's a little bit of a balance, I think, at the GM position where you have some uh, prior stock of the front office room with some clear talent, I think, for evaluating scouting players, whereas the last GM had the talent for evaluating scouting players but had a little bit to learn from the other aspect you know really 
for Mayock, I as like a fan can really come on here and really only complain about the Cleland Farrell pick, in my opinion. Other than that, uh, outside things have been an issue. I think Ruggs could have developed, and I think he started to a bit. I think Arnett could have developed. Again, I think it's a bit of a reach, but still I think they could develop into something else. They're developing into something else off the field, unfortunately, now. Uh, so those picks are wasted, and with the head coaching fire, it just was time to get new blood in here, and I think Ziggler will really be able to I mean, I want to look at his draft philosophy a little bit. I like study it a bit more, but there really isn't like this mountain of holes on the Raiders team right now. So I, I think he can really just key on a couple things in the first year and really work it out. And I, I like McDaniels as a coach. I thought it was a fantastic hire for the Colts when that happened for about a day. Uh, and I think he was a good coach uh, for Denver as well, personally. Um, I, I, he, I correct me if I'm wrong. I believe he has a playoff win under his belt, like with a shit quarterback with, with so, Tim Tebow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Against Pittsburgh, so <laughs> uh, this guy can clearly build an offense. And this is an offense that was very up and down this year. Um, plain and simple, Mac Jones was carried by Josh McDaniels this season, and you put the actual talent level of Derek Carr with veteran mindset in there as well and cars competitive spirit i think this could be a very explosive offense yeah uh the first thing so my main takeaway is that the patriots are about to crumble i, I think bill is going to give it a year or two and then i think he's going to hang it up um and so See, <clears throat> like if that was full on the case it feels like mcdaniels would stay you know <laughs> like Maybe it's the guy that they wanted to replace Belichick in the future. Maybe, but I also think McDaniels is getting out because he, I don't want to make it a quarterback thing. I think he's getting out because he doesn't want to coach Mac Jones for this long because he's a limited quarterback that he can't do a whole lot with. I know he didn't, McDaniels didn't have a ton of success with Cam Newton, but. Well, I'll tell you what, he's already got better weapons (laughs) and a better quarterback. Yeah. By a lot, yeah. I mean, like, and I would argue, and... I would argue, even with the combo of the Patriots running backs, a better running back, but it's yeah. close with the combo. Yeah, and and a, I wouldn't say a better defense, but a defense that's younger and uh, better D line. I guess yeah, you could... <laughs> better edge rushers. I think you could argue for sure. But, yeah, but yeah, I, I think this tells a, a lot about what McDaniel's thought about the Patriots moving forward because he stayed there through the toughest of times when, when Brady left and he's had opportunities as well. So, yep. All right. That's enough Raiders talk. Let's move on to Minnesota. Uh, they hired Quesi Adolfo Mensa, the Browns assistant. I don't that his title changed like two or three times, yeah, so I, I don't know what it was. Pretty I much literally started pinpointing in my head that I was like, assistant GM, assistant CFO, assistant. yeah. <laughs> so I think he was he pretty much what Quessy did is he headed up the analytics department for the Cleveland Browns. He was Andrew Barry's right hand man, so he was kind of shadowing him at all times, and he was also bridging the gap between film and analytics within that building. Very important piece. It sucks as a Browns fan to lose someone as valuable as Quessy, but this is outstanding for the Vikings. Uh, if they can hit on their head coaching hire, which is rumored to be Jim Harbaugh, 
I think that we could be talking about the Vikings, especially if Rodgers is gone, as NFC North champions and potential Super Bowl contenders. I know they have holes on the defense, and they, they are kind of in cap hell. Um, yeah. But I think that they would be able to work through it because I think that's what Quessy does really well. I think Quessy was one of the best GM hires, in my opinion, because specifically because they're really going to have to all in all redo the whole defense and that's going to take a couple years and i think he's one of the better guys and i'm sure he's going to build a good staff as well is kind of the key part of that uh, but because he's so versed in every aspect of scouting i think he's going to be a good guy to to build for the future maybe pick successor at quarterback really instead of drafting a guy that your coach doesn't even want to look at <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for the Vikings, and I, I'm excited for Vikings fans because they had a good GM in Spielman, yes. and um, losing a good GM just to restart only to get maybe a better GM um, that's that's exciting. Well, that's, TBD, you yeah. know, it's still Jerry's still out, but I and I really liked his press conference as well. Very yep. quotable and and well spoken man. So. I I will say it <clears throat> does look like Harbaugh is deciding between them and the Dolphins. And there's a good chance he picks Miami out of that. Just saying. <laughs> so uh, you know, well, cap room, city, fresh start. Yeah. You have a quarterback of the future, not one that you have to work out, kind of thing. So you know, there's a lot of stuff, and they actually might draft a running back that early. It's crazy. So we'll, <laughs> they would need we'll to. No, he'd wait and get Hassan Haskins in the mid rounds. Um, get his his boy. Um, all right. And then the last couple, so we'll just touch on Carolina really quickly. They hired Ben McAdoo as their offensive coordinator. This was one of the first hires that came through early last week. We didn't touch on it on last week's episode. I do want to say though, Ben McAdoo had the giants offense operating very, very well before he was promoted to head coach. He was a top 12 offense in two his two years as offensive coordinator. He's not that bad. That's a pretty good hire. I'm, I'm a little shocked. With an abundance of injuries over the last couple of years as well. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, one of the years was Odell's like breakout rookie year. So to be fair, you know, like that was, that was kind of probably impactful on that offense being good, but still, you know, McAdoo calls a good offense. I'm excited to see what he does with whoever the hell is quarterback at <laughs> in Carolina. So we still have no um, idea. Yeah, it's yeah. He's not on the roster, I don't think. Uh, and then lastly, the New York Giants went with Joe Shane from the Buffalo Bills, and he was able to lure Brian Dable over from the Bills as well. So Josh Allen loses his offensive coordinator. Daniel Jones gets a coordinator or tank for Bryce slash CJ Stroud. Uh bit of both. I think so. <laughs> I, I think you're Full sending with Daniel Jones. You have one year to figure it out if he's worth it or not, and then kind of figure it out past then. Uh, that's why it, it wouldn't be an absolute shock to me that they uh, pick someone like an offensive lineman at five and then trade back seven if they can to try and get future capital for next year to then trade up if they need to. Uh, I think that's a good move on their part. But uh, this is, one again, uh, one of the best hires, in my opinion, especially a coach. Uh, so, you know, right direction. Uh, they needed new blood, clearly, here. <laughs> uh, 
And it's a division that's always up in the air, honestly. So while you may be starting kind of with a hand tied behind your back with Daniel Jones, uh, possibly not being your future, or more, I guess, probably not being your future, uh, I think you have a good stepping stone here to maybe gain some ground on that whole process. So when you do find that quarterback, the line's not dog shit. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and I did want to mention, so it has not been determined what the bills are doing. They are trying to promote Ken Dorsey, but Brian Dayball is trying to convince him to come over and be offensive coordinator for the giants too. Um, that would be uh, pretty significant to, to lose both the quarterback coach and the offensive coordinator. I think this hurts the Bills, but I will argue that Dable was not in his bag as much as he was last year during during this football season. So uh, we'll see if like he just hit lightning in a bottle with Josh Allen or if he's legit. I think he's legit. I think he had some down games, but um, but yeah. So any parting thoughts on the hiring cycle? Uh, not necessarily. Uh, the biggest thing I guess I would say is the Jaguars still don't have a coach. They're stupid. Um, hey, quick plug. Go watch our Friday fix where we yes. talked about that uh, from Friday. That was a fun episode. I'm sorry, Jags fans, for the first 20 minutes. It was not good. But Fair. Yeah, Jaguars are lagging, except Doug Peterson is in there for his second interview right now, and I think that's a really good hire. So, uh, But they, they've had multiple second interviews like <laughs> yeah, you're right yeah it could be could just be that they have no idea what they're doing and that's kind of how that's what we think is the case. likely yeah, yeah like 98 percent sure that's the case all right let's move on to the shrine bowl the east west shrine bowl updates uh, a, a lot of reports have been coming out obviously we are not out in vegas for this uh, we are in ohio as we said earlier but we wanted to give some some stock up reports on based on some of the things we've been seeing and hearing and uh, maybe some guys to put on your radar. A couple of these guys are skill position players, so they could be fantasy relevant. And the first guy is a guy that we actually talked about on the Friday fix episode. And then he went and just went nuts all throughout the East West shrine practices. He's been doing it every day. He's been like the MVP from practice from all reports and some of the clips that we've seen Kyle Phillips, the wide receiver wide receiver, out of UCLA. Listen, I have COVID, man. I don't know. That's what I'm going to play it on. Um, we, we talked through what he Wide does receiver. well. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I was talking about my hair, man. I, no, that's all I can think. I was it's just rough. like trying to get past it, but it just broke me a bit. It, it was, yeah, it was bad. Um, it's a good thing we don't edit these anymore, too. So no, everyone can hear this. Uh, all right. So Kyle Phillips. Probably a slot guy. He's 5'10-ish, not a small frame. He's a physical dude. He can definitely get after it. He's not a great blocker by any means, but he's a physical guy that's willing to block, a willing blocker. We'll talk about that a lot when we get to the wide receiver episodes and breakdowns. Really good separator. Randy, do you want to talk about Phillips a little bit? Uh, yeah, it's honestly the reason I put him in our in my five round mock draft for the Jaguars is I think he is a guy that's going to get consistently open at the next level uh, when he's given a chance. Um, we have it here. Hunter Refro comes. We'll be out there. Yeah, because he's a uh, pretty much the same size and he's white. Uh, so yeah. it's either going to be Renfro or it's going to be Edelman or it's gonna, <laughs> you know Wes it's going to be one, 
Well, Walker, actually... uh, if they want to be a throwback, maybe Woodhead. We'll see how it goes. Uh, Beasley, yeah. you're going to get all these comps. Uh, <laughs> and they're not yeah. wrong either. Like, yeah, I know. <laughs> they're actually pretty good comps is what sucks. <laughs> but yeah. he, he's, a, he's a guy that has been prolific in college. And uh, I, I brought him up because I knew he was going to be the Shrine Bowl. And I thought he'd be able to really win and dominate those one-on-one drills. Uh, it, it, it happened, you know. Uh, so yeah. glad on that part. But it, he's a guy. What you like? He's not going to be in your top five receivers. Probably not in your top ten. Um, even if you really just enjoy every aspect of his game, but he can be a difference maker at the next level. And especially in PPR leagues, he can be a consistent flex option for you, uh, depending on landing spot and development, obviously. But. Yeah, man, that's what I was going to say. I mean, this is your your easy dart throw fourth or fifth round pick because yeah. he's going to – the thing, too, is he's not going to be a day one or day two pick. He's not no. a first three rounds type of player. He's just a dude that offers special teams value. He's a good returner, and I think he was a gunner at times uh, on on uh, kickoffs and stuff. Yeah, he, so, he, played, he played a lot of special teams, yeah, even which, as he started a receiver. Right, which teams are going to love that. And like I said, he gets after it. He's a competitor. I know that's kind of a trope that a lot of scouts use, but it's very, very true for him. Uh, and his footwork, fantastic. I, I have one issue with his release. I think he he false steps a lot, but it doesn't matter because he's so quick with it, and he's a twitchy dude. Yeah, he, he does false step, but I think it's because he doesn't want to. I think it's a bit of not wanting to get hands on because he knows – that with his feet he gets open so yeah it's true um, yeah i i haven't heard i i don't watch espn or anything anymore so i haven't heard a lot of coverage on the shrine bowl but i guarantee he's been called a gym rat at least 20 times um and i think sure. it's hilarious yeah for sure uh one guy that i didn't put on this list but that i remembered as we were talking just now uh charleston rambo is having one hell of a camp or i guess just practice week um he, <laughs> he went out. Yeah. So Charleston Rambo is the Oklahoma transfer to Miami had what I would call a breakout year. Rambo was really, really inconsistent when he was at Oklahoma. He dropped a lot of passes. He got open, but he was inconsistent in that area as well. And then at Miami this year, he, I believe he set the single season record for receptions in a year at Miami, which is insane for a transfer yeah. player to do. Uh, and he he has some really good film this year, so um, I'm excited to see what the NFL thinks of him. Probably another day three guy, but a guy that should probably be on your radar a little bit. I would say. Yeah, I think um, again a guy that gotta get the the uh, the tapes in from, but you know it's he's 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 not a small guy. You know he's he's one of those guys uh, that, but he doesn't have any off field issues. He just transferred and everything, so. At least on the top of my head, uh, you know, obviously that all can change, but, um, but yeah, I, I think he's gonna slightly rise up draft boards, but I think he's gonna be a consistent, uh, like fourth, fifth round pick in mock drafts, uh, come the next month or so, in my opinion. Same with Kyle Phillips, yeah, for sure. Uh, next couple of guys, uh, just for the diehard draft people, Reed Blankenship, uh, the safety out of Middle Tennessee oh State. So the reason I put him on here is he's having an impressive camp. Yeah. The the people that are at the the East West Shrine are talking about his off field actions as well. So like 
the East practices and then the West practices or vice versa. And I can't actually remember which side he's on, but what he does, everyone else is able to just leave after their practice. And what he's been doing is coming back out and watching the other practice. He just wants to be out there. Um, a guy that is is a really good athlete. I had him graded last year because I thought yes. he was coming out. I was going to uh, say, he's, he's one of the guys that I, I watched three games on last year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We thought he was coming out. He's an older guy. Uh, but this feels like, you know, that day three safety that makes an impact from day one because he's just a a really, he's a smart football player. And I, I'm i excited to see what he tests like because if he's yeah. that athletic, he might be a day two safety. So. Yeah, I definitely want to see the the testing because um, he's uh, he's not like huge, but no. it like the the longer you you're not drafted, the more likely you're going to be a little bit of a special teams guy. But I think he can be a little bit rotational in different packages. Maybe yeah, you know I I see some stuff similar to what I saw in like Divine Diablo where the Raiders have used him in a little bit of everything as well as being a linebacker at times. I don't think that's necessarily where he goes, but uh, I think he's got a little bit of that versatility where maybe he's not going to be the, the the best athlete in the safety class. Well, actually, he's not going to be, but no. simple, but uh, he can't be. It's impossible. But hmm. at 6'1", 204, I think there's diversity in where he can play, which, again, is just going to be the biggest proponent for him and possibly shooting up boards. Yeah, and he's having a great week, like I said. Uh, really quickly, Thomas Booker, the tackle out of Stanford, is uh, making some noise. He is just a lengthy dude, starting to get a lot of buzz amongst draft Twitter as well. So I'm excited to dive into his tape, but I haven't yet, so I don't have too many things to say about him. Yeah, just same. Everyone likes him. Um, and then one that a lot of you fantasy players may care about, Keontae Ingram, the running back from USC. Listen, I've been on Ingram for a while. I thought his film in 2020 was good, and I think that he's been kind of swept under the rug because he was a transfer. He transferred out of, I believe, Texas. Sounds right. That's I think that's right. Uh, when Bajan got there, went to USC, had a year that, like I said, USC wasn't great. And then this year, same thing, um, where – He's just not really being noticed as a guy that could very well be drafted on day two, but also he's going to provide value in PPR leagues because he can catch the damn ball and he can run routes out of the backfield. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if he gets uh, – he's probably going to go day three and he's probably going to find a role in a training camp immediately and everyone's going to say, oh, that's the Elijah Mitchell or that's the the James <laughs> Robinson. It's They're different backs for sure. Yeah, I think he, he has a chance to be that late-round guy that gets an opportunity. Yeah. Um, but there's – it's a weird running back landscape for this season, so kind of iffy on how far I'm willing to push that because I don't think he's like – any kind of ultra talented, um, I think he'll probably just off the top of my head be a top 10 back for me, uh, just because I think the receiving grade and a little bit of, of the burst will boost him up a bit. But uh, yeah, there, I mean, there's some good things to, to see there. And if you are receiving back, you probably have a, a roster spot to say. Yeah. And I'll say too, I mean, he reminds me, his game is very similar to Ramondre Stevenson, except he's actually a really good receiver rather than just an yeah. okay receiver. So um, 
but no offense to Ramadre, but that's just kind of what he was. So, uh, and then the last guy here, Myron Tungavailoa Mosa, the defensive lineman from Notre Dame. I haven't really known where to put this guy. He's played multiple positions. I believe he was inside in 2020, 2019, and 2020, and then he kind of bumped outside at times in 2021. Uh, but he's having an impressive week, and I think that that's going to get some attention because of the name value of going to Notre Dame. I think that's going to yeah. boost him a bit. So, a little versatility boost you as well. Just say. That's true. I mean, I, I think back to Osa Odigizua from last year, and I didn't know where to put him because I didn't know if he could even play like inside. He was just a, a long guy, but he's small. He was a small guy, and then he goes out and he's one of the better rookie defensive tackles last year, generating a ton of pressure. So we could see something like that from Tungabalo Almosa as well. Yep. All right. Let's get to the the cream of the crop here, the Senior Bowl. Uh, I'm excited to talk about this because the talent at the Senior Bowl is legit. You'll hear a lot that, well, this quarterback class isn't very good. And overall, this draft class isn't very good. Even the edge class, uh, some NFL teams aren't sold on it. Not very good and uh, just full of depth are different. And I think full of depth is what I would describe this class to be. And almost all of the depth is at these two all-star all-star game weeks right now. Yeah. So um, first thing we're going to talk about, of course, is the quarterback position. So uh, of the quarterbacks there, there's Desmond Ritter, the quarterback from Cincinnati, Kenny Pickett, the uh, small-handed Pittsburgh <laughs> Panther quarterback, uh, Carson Strong out of Nevada, Malik Willis out of Liberty, Bailey Zappi out of Western Kentucky, and Sam Howell out of North Carolina strong for those wondering. So Howell's a junior true junior, but he graduated early. So he was able to be there. And then Carson strong, I believe was a red shirt junior and he graduated as well, which allows them to attend the senior bowl despite being classified as juniors. So my question, of course, if you're watching, you can see it down there, which quarterback do you think is going to emerge from this group? It's a tough question. So, I think when we're looking at them, just just pure on the field running drills, throwing the ball. I think Strong will stand out amongst the pack. Obviously, I think that Willis is going to stand out in any kind of athletic style of the competition. Competitive wise, you know, you know that's like Herbert. We had so much questions about him, like as a leader. And we saw the silent leadership and a little bit, I think, of forced uh, talking leadership at the Senior Bowl. But we saw he could do it uh, with a different team and everything. And that's one of the key things we look for at the quarterbacks at these kind of games. For my money, I would pick that either Pickett or Hal stands out in that regard. I think this is going to be a huge a possibly a huge showcase for Malik, uh, for Willis here, Malik Willis, because this is going to be the best talent he's ever played with uh, since high school, probably. But I would say Liberty could have been better than high school. Uh, but it's Liberty, so I'm not quite sure. <laughs> it's bad. It, it's it's weird to have like that small school have like this guy that's so polarizing for the draft that could go early that probably shouldn't, but. Uh, you know, for me, he's not going to get a first round grade, but uh, he is going to be one of my candidates to get traded into the first round to get his fifth year option. 
Uh, and I think he, after this week, he could earn us just a confidence in the first round pick. Yeah, for what it's worth, so Todd McShay has had Kenny Pickett at QB1, and then he's been discussing with, I don't know, I don't know what Todd McShay does in his, uh, his <laughs> downtime, but he's he did tweet out today in the Senior Bowl preview, uh, or he wrote it for whatever he writes for, uh, that Malik Willis, yeah, yeah, I guess he works there. I don't know. I don't pay attention to him. Uh, he wrote that he thinks Malik Willis is going to overtake Pickett for QB1, and Man, so I was revisiting some Willis tape, and I think that some of his weaknesses are going to be masked by the structure of the Senior Bowl because the team drills are pretty limited. And the team drills, uh, you don't get a ton of reps. It's tough to get into a rhythm. Almost all of the quarterbacks struggle at times. Now, last year we were looking at Ian Book, and so I mean, yeah. he, he struggles anyway, but – what Willis struggles with, in my opinion, the most is his seeing the field. Um, there'll be times where he is looking directly at the correct read and he is afraid to throw the ball. And I don't know why, cause he's got a freaking rocket attached to his torso. Like the dude has one hell of an arm, but there are some major, major questions. And I don't know how a team pulls the trigger early in the first, like top 10, but you're right that this week could definitely help him. I mean, he could maybe he's improved on some of those things. Maybe he's going to be more trigger happy now that he's not running the entire offense uh, like he had to at Liberty. So yeah, I I think there was a lack of really like trust in his receivers and everything. Unfortunately, he kind of gets a little bit of the short straw. I would say at receivers. Um, he does. Actually, like it's not like. I think he had Dotson before, too. Yeah, I think he did, too, so he kind of got screwed over. But this isn't like an elite receiving class going to the Senior Bowl. Uh, it's some guys that we, we'd like and we would want to see more of. But on his side, uh, Trey Turner? like you know. So, so on his side, I would say the best receiver is probably Jalen Tolbert. Um, it's actually probably Isaiah Likely, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. Uh, you're right. But yeah, what, who divided these tight ends, bro? What the? Why is there? Why are? <laughs> why is it just likely on this side? Well, the whole other side has every other tight end that's good with this shit. Yeah, I'll say. You know, I think I think they could have split up like Kohler and Cole Turner. We're about to get to those, so I don't want to break. At least that give Rucker the other side, bro. Like <laughs> they just Dude. took all of it. I can't wait to talk Sorry, about that. I'm jumping ahead. <laughs> I know. But, yeah, you're right. That I, I think he did get the short end of the stick there. The, the quarterback I think is going to stand out it, is Sam Howell. I mean, I think what we saw from Sam Howell's first two years in college um, were more of what he will be. Now, I, I I knocked him in my grading today. I You know, I expected him to be six foot, so it's tough for me to now knock him for it. But he's six feet tall. He's, he's shorter than Baker Mayfield. Um, which height kind of matters. I, you know, I always used to say height doesn't matter, and Kyler and Russ and Baker kind of showed that at times. Um, if you're a Browns fan, please don't comment about Baker Mayfield. I don't want to talk about him. Uh, but, and we've talked, I mean, Hal has a lot of Baker in his game. I think he's got a more natural arm. I think he's more athletic. I, I think that Sam Howell's 
a similar prospect to what I viewed Baker as coming out. So, I, yeah, there's there's some key differences, but yeah. Now I will say too. I mean, Sam Howell processes really well, in my opinion. Now we need to get more all twenty two, and I think these practices are going to help. But I do think he's going to stand out as a guy that just kind of takes command of that side of things, and it's tough when you're in in with now the college football record holder for yards and touchdowns, I believe in a season. And then Malik Willis, who's regarded as QB one. So we'll see how it goes. And I love Carson strong. Just want to shout him out because I think he'll have a good week as well. I think each quarterback really can have a chance to stand out at different times, but uh, unfortunately I think Ritter is going to get the short end of the stick in the quarterback room where, uh, I just don't think he's going to get the chance with the other two there. Yeah, that's probably fair. Uh, worth noting, Ritter is working with uh, Jordan Palmer, though. He's been working on his mechanics now for two years. I think that matters. Uh, I think a quarterback yeah. seeking out help with his mechanics that early in his college career, I think that matters. I think that should factor into your evaluation of him. Not yours, personally, you know, like everyone's. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> right. All right. Let's move on to the running back position. Um, some notables dropped out. So right. James Cook dropped out of the Senior Bowl. Uh, Hassan Haskins dropped out. I think those were the two main ones, but it actually evened out both sides. National team side is Rashad White, Tyler Beatty, Abram Smith, Jerome Ford. The American team side is Brian Robinson, Devontae Price, Damian Pierce, and Zaquandre White. Um. I have my notes on these guys, you know, Rashad White, good receiver, little skinny. These running backs did not weigh in where we want running backs to weigh in at today. All the official measurements came out today, if you didn't know that. Most of these guys are sub 210, which isn't ideal. If you look at, I was looking at the list of, uh, you know, top 24-ish rushers in the NFL, and I think the smallest one obviously was Austin Eckler but that's not something that's normal. Uh, most top rushers or are at least 205, 210 pounds. A lot of these guys didn't make it. Um, so uh, Rashad White, good receiver. Tyler Beatty, he was bursty little guy. I don't know that I – he may have pulled out too because I don't know that I saw his measurements today. Um, Abram Smith from Baylor – he weighed in. We thought he was going to be a 220-pound like power back. Comes in at, I believe, 209 or 210 to 11, maybe something like that. Just not not great uh, because his game relied on power and breaking tackles and things like that. Yeah, uh, but Jerome, he might have cut you know, for this. So as long as it doesn't affect his game on the field, I think it's okay. Yeah, which we'll, we'll see that. Uh, Abram Smith, I, I've posted a couple of clips on my Twitter, so go check those out if you want. And shout out Jeff Bell. Uh, he's a big Abram Smith guy, although I don't know after that weight today. So, uh, And then Jerome Ford. I've been talking about Jerome Ford. I feel bad. I'm kind of killing the kid on Twitter, and I need to stop. But he was listed at 5'11", 220 pounds. He came in today at 5'10", 209, and – his he's projected to run in the four threes and he's not going to do it. He's not that fast. I think he's like a four mid four, four guy probably. So when you combine all of that, I just don't know how athletic he really is. And I think he's kind of 
just a guy. I think he's a day three guy personally, but yeah. And then on the other side, my, my, one of my favorite running backs in the class is actually at the senior bowl and Damian Pierce, just a, a bursty violent runner. Uh, you'll, if you search like Damian Pierce highlights, you're going to find the clip of him getting his helmet ripped off and then continuing the play, which he got, I think flagged for like, you have to stop when you get your helmet ripped off in college and he didn't, he didn't care. And he tried to score a touchdown. And that is significant and indicative of what type of runner he is. I'm very, very excited to see him work this week. I think he's going to put some edge rushers on their asses and I can't wait. Probably. Yeah. Um, And then Brian Robinson is a guy that is getting some buzz. Um, He's, he's a big Big cat. He, he's a big guy. He's got some nice little lateral agility, lateral quickness. We saw him playing all year. I mean, Alabama was nationally televised every single week, so we yeah. saw what Brian Robinson is. Again, just a, a guy. I'd, he's an athlete, and I think he's a skilled runner, but I don't know what kind of role he's going to get at the NFL level. Uh, yeah. I. Oh, sorry. I'm not really fully excited for this running back class here. Um, I think no. – Pierce and Robinson can show me a couple of things that I, I enjoy here, but um, yeah, they, they lost a couple of key guys. <laughs> Unfortunately, that would make this game a little bit better, but you know, I think it, it maybe gives more of a spotlight to these quarterbacks. So I guess I'll take it with the great assault, but I think Robinson's solid. It's just, there's a reason he had to wait behind all these guys. He's not the same caliber. Uh, exactly. he's, he's an efficient back. He's a good power back. He's got some burst. I think he'll make a roster. Uh, but For I, sure. I just don't, I don't see much past then. Yeah. Craziest part is I don't, you know, he's not that far off a of Najee guys. So I don't know what the NFL is going to think, you know, production wise. I mean, like, I don't think he's the cal- caliber of running back that Najee yeah. was, but all right. Uh, wide receivers. National team, Khalil Shakir uh, from Boise State, Alec Pierce from Cincinnati, Romeo Dubs from Nevada, Christian Watson from North Dakota State, Bo Melton from Rutgers, Braylon Sanders from Ole Miss. Then the aforementioned uh, shit squad, as Randy was trying to call it. I'm just kidding. I didn't uh, say that. <laughs> uh, Calvin Austin the third out of Memphis, Reggie Roberson from SMU, Danny Gray from SMU as well. Jalen Tolbert from South Alabama. Vilas Jones Jr. from Tennessee. I think he's 25 years old for what it's worth. Uh, Trey Turner, Virginia Tech, and Dontario Drummond, also from Ole Miss. Uh, m- my main takeaway here is that they split up the Ole Miss guys. I know Braylon Sanders was a late ad, um, but they split up the Ole Miss guys, and they kept the SMU guys together, and I feel like that's biased, and they shouldn't have done that. Um, yeah. So – the main names I think you should probably be keeping an eye on. Christian Watson is a 6'3", I think is what he measured in at, over a 200-pound guy, profiles as an X receiver. He runs like a gazelle. I, we, I talked about him on Friday during the, the Friday fix for the Jaguars as well. Uh, probably a day three guy, but if he comes out and is super, super athletic and impressed at the senior bowl, I think he could vastly improve his stock. Romeo Dubs uh, being with Carson Strong, that's going to be significant, I think. I think that connection was really nice in Nevada, and I think it's going to continue to be nice at the Senior Bowl. So both of those players could bump their stock. 
And then Khalil Shakir from Boise State. Um, I feel so bad. I just talked about the same team three times. Um, but Khalil's one of those smaller school wide receivers that really good separator, nice, aggressive hands. He's really good at the catch point. He's not a huge guy, but he's not small either. I think he could be a nice little Z receiver for you, like a, a bigger Darnell Mooney. He, he's got some nice footwork as well. So um, that's kind of my takeaways. Do you have any other takeaways from the wide receiver room, Randy? Not necessarily. Like I said, I don't I don't think there's really any top-end receivers here. I think there's some guys that will stand out because of how small this is. Um, I think Watson can really show out, especially on that side with those quarterbacks. Um, I think I, you know, Jahan Dotson, Jahan Dotson pulled out of this seemingly for no reason. Uh, there hasn't been like a confirmed injury or anything. Uh, just yeah. seemingly he felt he did enough on tape. Uh, I think he has, but if he would have showed up here in these one-on-one drills, he would have made money. Yeah. I mean, not going could be the difference between a first round pick and a second round pick. And I think that, yeah, I mean, that's millions of dollars. So well, I, maybe he is simple, injured. You know, simple look at, look at Phillips in the Shrine Bowl, uh, a yeah. guy most people didn't know the name of. Now everyone on draft Twitter or just Twitter in general probably knows the name. Yeah. And all, honestly, I mean, draft Twitter was, there were a few people that were early on Phillips, but they're late to the game as well. So yeah. some of these guys can make a name for them. You know, Danny Gray has a nice release. Reggie Roberson, I graded him two years ago, I think. Uh, then he got injured and then he went back to school. And I like his yeah. route running ability and stuff, but he's got to show out to really make a name for himself and really even, I think he's a day three pick maybe, but we'll see. Um, tight end position. So national team, as we said, they kind of got stacked. So Trey McBride, tight end one out of Colorado State. Uh, Charlie Kohler from Iowa State. Cole Turner out of Nevada. Jeremy Ruckert from Ohio State. And Jake Ferguson out of Wisconsin uh, make up the national team tight end room. Stupid. Stupid, stupid tight end. This is the best tight end group I've uh, scouted since we started doing this. And, you know, but we started putting grades on people, I think, two or three years ago. We were always, like, scouting back in, like, 2017. This is by far the best tight end class I can recall. Uh, yeah. Outside of, like, the the big three of that was 2017, I think. O.J. Howard, Najoku, and Evan Engram. That year was – that was 17. Yeah. It's a – it's – Probably the deepest tight end class. Um, yeah, it's not the the best tight end. Like it's it doesn't have the best tight ends, but yes. they're very very good. <laughs> yeah, and then so the other side of things: Isaiah Likely from Coastal Carolina, Grant Calcaterra from SMU, Daniel Bellinger from San Diego State, and then Greg Dulcich from UCLA. I don't want to hate on that side too much. I really like Likely. <laughs> Damn it. Damn it. Uh, I like Calcaterra. So Calcaterra retired from football, then transferred to SMU. Um, and then he put, uh, he's a good route runner. I mean, he, and he's a versatile guy. He's a big guy. I'm excited to see what he can do this week. Daniel Bellinger is a guy I haven't dived into just yet, but I've heard some really good things. And then Dulcich is a really good pass catching tight end. I think that he, I wouldn't say like the Kyron Granson type of role, but I would say that he could find a role as a, a 
tight end two, tight end three in the next year or two. So he's got a shot to kind of put his mark on, on some of these scouts that are there. So, uh, and then I did want to know really quickly. So the tight end room of Trey McBride, Charlie Kohler, Cole Turner, Jeremy Rucker, and Jake Ferguson make up, uh, well, make up 50% of my top 10. That, that, those are five top 10 tight ends for me. Um, and Kohler is the last one. He, he's my tight end 10. So that's, I mean, an incredible room. I'm excited to see what they can do. Any parting notes on the tight ends? Uh, it's a very good class. Sorry, train in the background. Damn train, uh, I, was I was trying to stay beautiful for that. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's honestly, I'm more excited to watch the tight ends than any of the receivers. Uh, I think that says a lot. Um, again, the, the breakdown of the, the split of those tight ends is, is wrong, but uh, it, it should be really fun to watch. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and the reason I was excited to talk about Jeremy Rucker, the dude is freaking yoked, looks like a bodybuilder, and he's by far the biggest tight end there. I think he's going to make a lot of money in those blocking drills when they go one-on-one versus edge rushers. He's got soft hands, too. He does, and he makes some crazy catches. So yeah. uh, going to be a fun one. All right, some notable offensive linemen, and I'm sorry for the people that we don't get to. There are, just, there are 200 players there. We can't talk about all of them, yeah. uh, no matter how fast I talk. Uh, but the national team notables, Zion Johnson out of Boston College. He was in our mock draft last week. Go check that out as well. I mocked them to – yeah, I don't know what that train's doing, man. But uh, <laughs> I mocked them to uh, – or mocked him to the Dolphins – in, in that mock, I think he has a good shot to go first round. Uh, Bernard Raymond out of Central Michigan. I tweeted about him today. Getting a lot of first round buzz. I don't really see it. He's more of a project tackle. Struggles with his footwork, but he is a, a tight end convert. So he, he moved over from tight end recently within the last two years. Uh, Daniel Falele, he's six foot eight. That's all you need to know. No, he's a, he's a good tackle that made the right choice to go back to school for a senior year. Uh, Trevor Penning is a guy that, man, we talked about him on the mock draft as well. And uh, I, I watched the wrong games at first, and then I came back to his tape, and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's a good, good tackle. And I think there's a chance as I get more and more tape that <clears throat> he actually rises up my board into my top three. Um Probably not, though. He's probably going to finish my tackle four. Um, and then Abraham Lucas, the kid out of Washington State, <clears throat> I personally really like his his tape. I think he's a really good pass protector with some really smooth footwork. Places to improve, you know, tenacity maybe. Um, but I believe, now don't take this with a grain of salt, but uh, PFF had him graded as the second highest tackle over the last two or three years. So. Something crazy like that. Really good player. And then uh, Luke Gadecki out of Central Michigan as well. For a second there, I had Gadecki graded higher than Raymond. And then I was like, oh, he's a right tackle, though. So he's getting easier easier matchups. But he, he's good as well. The Central Michigan tackle duo is very fun to watch. Uh, any thoughts on the national team side, Randy? Uh, a very talented line class. Again, a little bit of a weird split. In the talent level, I think. Um, yeah, I think American team really got the short end of the straw for a lot of these picks, unfortunately. 
Yeah. But yeah, I, I think we have three, possibly four first round offensive linemen on the national team. Like at, at least the, the, the chance to be. Uh, it's a position that, especially a tackle where you're, it's like quarterbacks where you're just given kind of a boost in the draft uh, just because positional value. So uh, it's, it's really important. And I talked about it in the mock draft. A lot of teams don't need left tackles. They need right tackles. So a guy like Kadecki may go earlier than a lot of people predict just because he could play right away. Maybe not as talented, but uh, he could be more effective for the first year. <laughs> while he yeah. continues to develop. Yeah. That's another good transition, man. That's two in this episode. But the American team, the first one that we have listed as notable is Darian Kennard, the right tackle out of Kentucky. I personally have him graded as a guard. I think that he's got too clunky of uh, feet. He's very, very heavy-footed. But, but the versatility is there because he played some right tackle. I think that he could go a little higher than what people may expect right now although i mean he's probably a round two player is what we're looking at um furthermore max mitchell out of louisiana is getting a lot of buzz haven't studied him yet so i don't have any thoughts on that spencer burford the utsa tackle came in a little small i'm not really digging his measurables also haven't studied him but a lot of people really excited for him i think connor rogers from bleacher report uh was talking about him earlier this week and then uh, Lasitas Smith out of Virginia Tech, a uh, guy that when I first watched him, I, I thought, oh, wow, this, this kid's really good. Little sloppy as a run blocker. Um, I, I don't know that he move, he moves really well, but he's a lunger, and it's something that is going to be problematic. So I, I think he has a chance, though. He's going to win the one-on-one reps. He's a, a tenacious dude, uh, and he gets after it. So I think he could boost his stock a bit well yeah it's i mean lunging and uh overextending seems to be the common theme of this offensive line draft class uh it is a workable and teachable trait i will say it's just uh, a lot of it is either over hyping your own power or possibly underestimating your own athleticism or you're not athletic enough to uh, be that aggressive in certain situations so a lot of it's going to be coaching but it is more of a, a technique and uh <laughs> in your head type thing than it is simply just putting your hands in the right spot so there's a lot of room to grow but again i think he is going to have time to shine and probably will be one of the better linemen in the game just because that you'll see more just because of the less competition on his own line to stand out. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's move on to the defensive line group that is here. Cause it's really, really talented in my opinion. Uh, again, you know, the split is, is favorable to the national team in my opinion. Uh, we're just going to list them. I'll pull some guys. So, Myjai Sanders from Cincinnati, Logan Hall out of Houston, two guys that have been in first-round mocks for a while now. Dominique Robinson from Miami of Ohio, also a guy that's kind of working his way into first-round mocks. I'm, I'm kind of intrigued, haven't studied him just yet. Tyreek Smith from Ohio State, Perry and Winfrey from Oklahoma, Isaiah Thomas from Oklahoma, and Arnold Ebiketti. Ebi, Ebi, I don't know. Ebi I don't know. I haven't. 
I have no idea. I haven't I haven't looked up his pronunciation, and I am irresponsible for that. Uh, a lot of guys. He's also a guy that I think he's in Daniel Jeremiah's top twenty-five or something like that. So, um, he's a fringe first for me. Uh, I'm really really high on Sanders from Cincinnati. I think that in just a strictly pass rushing role, he can be very effective. Um, I'm higher on Tyreek Smith, you know, like I'm higher on Isaiah Thomas. Like this is a really, really good I, edge group and we're going to see it. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I've kind of like stressed how it's, it's like deep and not deep. And I, I think it's only not deep because I think they're all going to be gone <laughs> in the first two days. Uh, yeah. I've heard multiple uh, draft uh, scouts, analysts, whatever you want to call it. People that work hard uh, that have, 12 to 16 edges in their top 100. Uh, I think we both will be close or around that mark as well, uh, if not possibly over. Like, all these guys are going to be gone the first two days. <laughs> and it's it's just sad for a lot of teams that don't have picks there that need edge help. But again, I, I, like I said, like you said, I think it's a little bit heavy handed to the national team. But there's a couple guys on the American team that I think are in this fringe first round category as well. So at least there's talent there. Uh, I'll, I'll toss out there. So right now, Drake Jackson, the kid out of USC, he's, he's a junior, so he's not here. He's been regarded as a high day two pick yeah. early round two. He's currently my edge 13. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I don't he's, know where he'll grade inside the top 100. Edge. Yeah, he's well, – well, I can't wait to talk about the edge class in depth, but we don't have time for that yeah. tonight. The other side of things, uh, so Zachary Carter from Florida, Jermaine Johnson from Florida State, Devontae Wyatt from Georgia, Kingsley Inagbare from uh, South Carolina, and then Cameron Thomas from San Diego State. Another four, four of those guys, four of the five, sorry, Zachary Carter, uh, have been in first-round mocks that I've read in the last week or two. So – I cannot wait to watch the trench play at the senior bowl. That's going to, I mean, that's my, one of my favorite things to watch anyway, as we scout players, but um, just incredible, an incredible group. So, yeah, like I said, a lot of the one-on-ones wide receiver corners are not going to be as fun to watch this year. So I think we're all going to be focusing on offensive line, just like we did last year. And that's how we got more enthralled on your, uh, not yours, <laughs> miners uh, last minors. year. Yeah. Uh, just because he was just a, a standout the whole time, just try, working his ass off with his belly out. And I, <laughs> I think we're going to have some fun fun days here. Um, Absolutely. Unfortunately, again, it's unless it's just national team going against each other, a lot of those one-on-ones I think will be fun. Um, but the game itself might be a little awkward <laughs> in that aspect. Yeah. yeah. So – all right, um, <clears throat> let's quickly move over to linebacker. This linebacker group is not my favorite group that's here. I think that a what few guys – honestly, th- this linebacker group in general is just not something I really like. I have second-round grades on every linebacker that's here. Well, not every linebacker that's here. Second round or worse on the linebackers that I've scouted that are at the Senior Bowl. So just not a, a ton of talent. Um, that's mean. There's talent – they're just not top-end talent. Terrell Bernard from Baylor, Darian Beavers from Cincinnati, and Chad Muma from Wyoming on the national side that are notable. 
Chad Muma, I really do like. I think Chad Muma is going to have a chance to uh, make a lot of money here because I think he's probably regarded as a round three player right now, if I had to guess. I think he could easily work his way into round two if he shows that he's able to kind of keep up with higher level talent. Um, on the other side, uh, Jeremiah Moon from Florida, Quay Walker from Georgia, Channing Tindall from Georgia, and Damone Clark from LSU. Uh, Quay Walker's good. I, I think he's probably the best of that group right there, but he also couldn't stay on the field all the time. He was kind of situational uh, for one of the best defenses in the nation, yeah, but um, just not a very inspiring group. Hopefully someone stands out. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think we know who's going to stand out. <laughs> um, yeah. And that's probably going to be the only one, unfortunately. But there were some surprises in the Cedar Bowl last year that I think drove up uh, prices for a couple of them. So we'll see. Yeah, for sure. And then lastly, we'll talk about the, the defensive backs really quick. Uh, Joseph Kirby out of Illinois. This is a guy that Dame Brugler from The Athletic has been hyping for months now, and I haven't had enough tape to to study him because I, I refuse to watch uh, the safety tape of uh, the the broadcast view. I refuse yeah, to do it. I, it's impossible. No yeah, it's impossible, unless they're strictly in-the-box safety, which Kirby is not that. No. Uh, but they, rising up boards for NFL teams from what we understand, Kobe Bryant from Cincinnati – Rest in peace to Kobe Bryant, but this Kobe Bryant's pretty damn good. His yeah. teammate, Sauce Gardner, got a lot of the hype. Kobe Bryant was actually arguably the better corner uh, at times this year. So He got <clears> tested, <throat> which is – yeah. Gardner didn't get tested. Uh, That's true because he was so. holding people, but we'll get stuck on that later. Uh, Jalen Petrie out of Baylor, he he was like the, the talk of, uh, you know, senior bowl – predictions of who would stand out from the safety group. Uh, Petre was in, in that class. And then yep. Tariq Castro fields from Penn state, a name that has been on the radar for a little while. I also haven't studied him yet, but uh, I'm excited to see what he can do this year or at the senior bowl. Specifically. Yeah. I, yeah. Quickly go to the American team and I'll comment. <laughs> yeah. So the, the American team has two guys that I really care about a whole lot. And it's uh, Roger McCreary from Auburn and Darian Kendrick from Georgia potential first round guys. Uh, I think McCreary has been kind of locked and loaded. I think Kendrick, he was in our first round mock last week. I think he's going to rise up when people get to his Georgia film because it's a lot different than his Clemson film. So, yeah, uh, much better. Uh, yeah, this is another reason why the wide receivers will not stand out because uh, I think Kobe Bryant is going to shut down all the best Receivers on the other side from a pure corner scenario. Uh, I think they have some good safeties, obviously, in the national team. Uh, possible day two guys uh, rising up kind of thing. But, the I mean, American team has two just guys that are going to shut you down. <laughs> so I just don't see how the national receivers are going to really stand out, unfortunately. But yeah. it gives these quarterbacks tape against a first-round caliber corner, which some of them did not get. That's true. And, you know, it's going to be good for them. I'm very excited to watch the Senior Bowl. I do know that the NFL Network is televising some of the practices. So even if you aren't part of the media, um, if you aren't part of the media, you're able to watch that. If you're uh, a diehard like like us and and love the NFL draft, 
Um, should be a really fun week. I've got a lot of friends. We've, we've got a lot of friends that are down there this year. Uh, I don't even know who's all down there, but um, uh, hoping to hop in some DMs and get some some of the lowdown before we get the practice tape uploaded virtually at whatever time, midnight, whenever they give it to us. They give it to us <laughs> super late in the day. But um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it, good group. One of the more talented senior bowls, I think they actually did. They were able to pull a lot of first round caliber guys into the senior bowl, which hadn't been the case a whole lot uh, over the last few years. I remember when Herbert said he was going, everyone was like, oh, my God, Justin Herbert's going to the senior bowl. That's crazy. Well, um, they, they've been getting good quarterbacks for the last couple of years. Obviously, last year, uh, not as good. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, I mean, starting with – the like the Baker Mayfield going, I think was a huge get for them, and I think they've just continued to grow since then. But yeah, yeah. I mean practices start tomorrow. Um, I think national team goes first every day, so they'll get like the I believe it's like noon to two or so. It's in that variation that like two to four would be America team, uh, and that's how it's going through Thursday. I don't know the rest of the week i think it's a little bit less real practice more meeting walkthrough type scenarios which is smart so uh yeah it's gonna be really interesting for these quarterbacks to try and lead teams after three days of practice it really shows a lot uh in the leadership department for these guys so very excited and again i think willis is going to even with how much we've dogged some of the receiving cores, uh, he still probably has the most talent he's ever worked with. So maybe he trusts the line a little bit more, and maybe he works through progressions a bit more. Who knows? Or maybe he just doesn't know what he's looking at, and I fear that that's the case. But we're about to find out. There's, You know, I, I think just right off the bat here, uh, it's kind of along the lines of, I'm not confident in any of these quarterbacks starting day one. There's going to be a couple that will, and there's going to be a couple that will probably succeed at doing that. I think Malik Willis is one of those that should not be starting day one, uh, but that can be an elite transcendent talent the next level if he can continue to develop. Um, So he's got the the traits. He's just got to get the coaching (laughs) and the work in. Uh, And I think all these guys would do so much better with sitting However, this is the NFL, and that's not the the likelihood of the scenario. Uh, even with guys like Herbert and Baker uh, that were supposed to sit, didn't sit. <laughs> that I think we're going to get kind of the same thing like that for a few teams. So um, this kind of thrown to the fire is a good situation for all of them. Yeah, I, I don't think there's ever been a more important quarterback battle at a senior bowl ever in the history of the game. Uh, I think it's it's crazy to have I you know you got one that seems like the outlier because he's never been talked about uh, except by draft Twitter uh, because you know it's just a school that no one cares about but you know what no one really cares about Liberty until Malik Willis went there so um, I I think this is probably the best quarterback class that's ever gone top to bottom having Mm -hmm. six drafted uh, like draftable assets with uh, five of which could be first rounds, in my opinion. They yeah. won't all be, but they, they have that potential. Yeah. Um, and shout out to Malik Willis. Um, 
I, I don't want to dog him even more before we leave, but I do want to, I just want to say the tools are crazy, man. Like I was watching yeah. this film the other night and I said to myself, okay, I see it. There it is. Like, that's it. That's, that's why NFL teams are going to take a risk on him. And they are, they still are like they, I think they for sure will. Um, but then the next play he misses <laughs> a wide open streaking receiver down the middle of the field, like in his line of vision, it's, yeah, it, it, it's a complex evaluation, and it's. I mean, it, it, people are going to get knocked if they have Willis low and he hits, and then people are going to get knocked if they rank Willis at QB one based on traits alone and he doesn't hit. And really, like, what's going to determine it is situation, coaching, and things that are out of our our control or like things that we can't see. So, it's going to be a, a divisive uh, discussion over the next couple of months, and I'm excited for it. That's what draft Twitter is. That's what draft the draft in general is. And it's going to be a lot of fun. And we're excited to get this kicked off with the senior bowl this week. So yeah, hundred percent. I, you know, I, for me, I kind of like in like trait wise Willis to Lamar a lot of the times because he's got this uh, great athleticism and ability to run. And he's got this cannon arm. I think he's already slightly more accurate than Lamar, which says a lot with the talent level difference that they had at college, even though Lamar didn't have really great weapons at college either. Let's be fair. But I think yeah. Lamar was like 54, 56% completion percentage, whereas uh, Malik, I believe, is like 62 to 65, somewhere in there, which is about the same or better than even Josh Allen was, which is which was oh, his yeah. knock. I mean, realistically, it's that was his knock, uh, and he's just worked on it. So, again, it, working on it and sitting can be a huge thing for some of these guys, and I think that's why – I think you're going to see this week why Malik Willis is being mocked in the first round. Yeah, I hope so, man. I hope so. I hope all these kids are able to again, make a lot of money. So. don't think he deserves it. Uh, I also – didn't think Lamar deserved to be a first round pick from his college tape, and he barely was. Uh, and it was the right decision. Plain and simple, doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. You could be, and, and again, I would have, we both would have probably had a second round grade on him. So I think we're yeah. both going to have a second round grade, most likely on Willis, or at least close. There are a couple of things. He's got issues. He does. So uh, it's just <laughs> probably, again, out. nothing's final right now, and you know that. I know. Uh, but again, I, I think an uptick in talent, even a slight bit, is going to do wonders for him if he rises to the challenge. So, yeah. yeah. Shout out shout out the other quarterbacks, though. Uh, no, that's the thing. Like, I, we... For me, the other quarterbacks are at this level. That's why I'm bringing up Willis so much. Is for me, I think he has the opportunity to rise a ton, whereas everyone knows what Strong's arm is. Everyone knows what Hal does on the field and how he, he can dictate to all three levels, and he's a competitor. Everyone knows what Kenny Pickett did this last year and was prolific. Everyone knows all this other stuff. You know, Desmond Ritter's carried a, a group of five team to the playoffs. Like, everyone knows all this. Yeah, that's true. No one's true. watched Willis. <laughs> it's hard to find even a, a, even a highlight tape of Willis, it feels like. Yeah, it's tough. But shout out to uh, Caddy's Cutups too. If you are interested in watching all twenty-two film, look up Caddy's Cutups Patreon. They have a lot of good cutups on there. That'll do it for this episode of the Cut. We will uh, be back on Friday with another Friday Fix episode. 
I believe we said we were doing the Lions. Yes, we're doing the Lions this week. Um, So we'll be back doing that. Should mention, though, next Monday we will not be live at our normal time. Uh, Next Monday I will be at a work conference. Um, And so it'll be next Wednesday that we record our next episode. Uh, We will go live still, and then we will, um, you know, upload the, the podcast the way we always do. So. All right. Uh, shout out to the Senior Bowl and Reese's and everything. Excited for this week. Uh, for Randy Hall, I'm Christian Williams. We'll talk to you guys on Friday. Later. <laughs>